Radio. Let's talk pets. Hello, you're listening to Animal Party on Pet Life Radio with me, Dab Wolf. And once again, I have back my favorite cat expert. Dusty Rainbolt. Welcome to the show, Dusty. Thank you for having me again. I always love enjoy I, I always enjoy being with you and your your listeners. Well, except the last time we tried to do a show, you just couldn't do it. What happened, Dusty? Well, I live in Texas. Do I need to say anything else? <laughs> uh, we had issues with uh, the internet. Our internet was down for five days. Our landline was down. And then the temperatures were so bad that we had a pipe break. So it's been challenging. <laughs> There's stuff all over my living room. <laughs> oh, so you had water in the house. Oh, yeah. In the oh, wrong yeah. kind of way. Some people had no water. Other people had too much water. We had both. Terrible. Oh, you had both. <laughs> no had water both. and too much water. The wrong kind of water. And the, yeah. Oh, God. Okay. Well, we're going to talk today because I'm sure it kind of rekindled your interest in disaster preparation. What should people know, cat owners especially? Well, everybody needs to have a disaster plan for their family. And in there, you need to include your animals. And it really depends on where you live as to what kind of disaster to plan for. You know, I mean, kind of hard to plan for the the meteor or, you know, the asteroid that could hit us. But if you live in California, then you know that wildfires and earthquakes are a possibility. If you live in the northern part of the the continent, then uh, blizzards are a possibility. If you live in the southern part, tornadoes and, and floods and such. So, you know, just look at your area and think about what could possibly happen and just come up with a plan. I mean, Include your pets. Is there a possibility you have to bug out? Well, okay, so if you live in an area where you don't have hurricanes and you have to evacuate, then maybe not. But on the other hand, you may have to leave your home. You know, there could be a, a, a chemical spill, a truck disaster or a train disaster or whatever, but you're forced to evacuate. When you're involved in something like that, you need to be able to pick up your stuff and leave. So if you have pets, have their paperwork, their rabies vaccinations, their food, water, their leash, their carrier. And don't store that in the basement under your college yearbooks, you know. <laughs> have them you can Yeah, have. it has to be in good condition and where you can get at it and not so stale that it's useless. Exactly. So, you know, once a year when you when we change the, the clocks back or forth or check the fire alarms then just go ahead and swap out the water and the cat food. You know, cats should have a carrier. Dogs should have leashes. You should have a pooper scooper. You should have enough litter for a couple of days. And medicines, any medicines, that's going to be hard to come by if, if all, you know, because you can't, things go crazy, right? Like when you were experiencing this last week, I mean, it wasn't normal situation. You wouldn't no. be able to go get supplies or call your vet or get a prescription called in or even pick up litter, food or water would have been tough, right? Like, tell us what that was like. I mean, you're supposed to be in a nice place. 
Texas, right? It's supposed <laughs> to be warm and nice and kind of modern. Like what the heck happened? I don't know. Seriously, earlier end of last week, we were in shorts. It was 80 degrees. So this is this is normal Texas. This is a normal winter. But yes, we couldn't get out because of the ice. Yeah, I have a I have a, a four-wheel drive with uh, all-weather tires, so I'm okay driving. It's all the other idiots out there. So, I, you know, it, and it yes. was ice. Yeah, it wasn't, I understand that. Yep. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, we, we always had like a month's worth of dry food for the cats. And uh, when we heard that the weather could become inclement, we went out, I went out and, and bought like $100 worth and I, uh, of uh, canned food. And I know not everybody can afford to do that. But, you know, go ahead and buy a little bit at a time. You don't have to buy a case. Buy two or three and set it aside, and then that way you've got it if you need it. Or wait for the promotions. There's some good promotions out there. Yes. Stock up when you need to. You know, you were saying you don't, you can't exactly predict. So you're in Texas. It's supposed to be nice and warm and sunny and shorts weather. And all of a sudden, you get hit with blizzards. You don't have the infrastructure. You don't have the salt machines for the roads. People don't know how to drive in it. They don't have the right cars. Everything shuts down. I mean, you can't predict that. But on the other hand, no matter what disaster you might have, whether it be a fire or a toxic spill or any of the things you mentioned, flood, whatever, you're still going to need food. You're still going to need meds. If you have to relocate your dogs, your cats, they need to be comfortable in a crate or a kennel and you need to have it, not have exactly. to go hunt for it or realize that you gave it away to somebody's puppy and now you don't have them anymore, <laughs> right? Like take those crates apart if you need to but know where they are and have the screws in a Ziploc bag between the two layers of the cage. So you're not hunting for those. You can also use zip ties in a pinch. The zip ties are actually perfect. Uh, yeah, they because, work you know, if you've got a fire, that's something everybody has to worry about. I have a, a friend who's a, a board certified veterinary behaviorist. They had a fire and they couldn't catch the cats. They weren't prepared. They didn't have the, uh, you know, they weren't ready. And mm -hmm. so I used her story as uh, a life lesson. You know, it can happen to anybody. Even if you live in the safest place in the world, the weather's mild, you know, uh, no earthquakes, no fires or whatever, you can still have a house fire. So having that carrier nearby, use the zip ties, you know, the cable ties, you can put that thing together in seconds with the zip ties. And, yeah. uh, and it, it's really important that your pets trust this whole thing. If absolutely. they're terrified of a crate or a kennel or a leash or a collar or a harness, and now you're stressed out and in a panic and you've got five minutes to grab everything important, including them, and get out, that's not the time to teach your cat to come when called. It's really, it's really not. So we're going to go to a break and we're going to come back and talk about how you can prepare, not just the kit, the water, the food, the litter. Yeah, we got that. But like, what about making your animals ready to be rescued? If you're a dog, you think it's funny that you won't let anyone touch him but you. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. not so funny when your neighbor's trying to rescue him. So we'll come back and talk about that. Stay tuned to Animal Party with Pet Life Radio. Pets are part of the family. Make sure you can always afford the quality health care they need with Easy Pet Check, a nationwide pet insurance alternative. With Easy Pet Check, you'll save up to 75% on all your pet's health care at any licensed veterinarian in the U.S. Easy Pet Check accepts all dogs and cats regardless of pre-existing conditions. 
visit easypetcheck.com. That's the letters easypetcheck.com. Taking care of your pet can be easy with Easy Pet Check. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Hello, we're back on Animal Party on Pet Life Radio, and we're talking with Dusty Rainbow, the cat writer. And she's here. She's written a book called Ghost Cats, and I know she's looking for some more ghost stories. So keep Absolutely. listening to this show. Oh, well, there she is. Okay, Dusty, do you want to invite them to send in ghost stories? Absolutely. October this year, I'm going to be putting out Ghost Cats 2. And so if you've had a, an unusual experience with a, a passed on pet, or uh, let me know. I'm also eventually going to be doing a, a book on ghost dogs and ghost horses. So we're all inclusive here. Yeah, especially on the animal party on Fat Life Radio. We love our dogs and our cats and our horses. And I've experienced a couple of things with dogs past, never with Ooh. cats, but uh but we'll talk about that another time. Right now, we're going to get back to disaster. So your cats should come when called. They should like the little crate that you're going to put them in. So how can people work on that, Dusty? Well, uh, first of all, just make them happy with the crate. You know, don't just put them in the crate whenever it's time to go to the vet because, you know, then it becomes the horrible, scary vet transport device. You know, it's the prison. It's the torture chamber. Leave it out, put treats in there occasionally, put a nice uh, blanket or towel or whatever, make it a place that they want to go to. And then you can start training them. You can use a whistle or a clicker or whatever and get them used to being in there and going to it when called. I still haven't accomplished that. But worst case scenario, you don't have time. It happens tomorrow. And, you know, if it's an emergency, grab them and throw them in a pillowcase. I, I have enough pillowcases for all my animals just in case. So um, they don't recognize the pillowcase as the scary device. You can just put them in there. They can breathe. But it really is better if you can train them to enjoy the carrier and, and trust the carrier. Especially if you're going to be evacuating somewhere and they're going to be with other animals or sort of warehouse, you want them in a protective cage where they're not going to get squished or trampled or hurt in any way where or they can't escape. Yeah. Or, you know, I, I see what you mean about the pillowcase as an intermeasure, but then I think I'd take that pillowcase and put it inside the carrier. Absolutely. And then undo the pillowcase and have them in the carrier. But um, what I like to do with my cats is I, I mean, if you, most cats love boxes. So if you just make the cage, the carrier, a box by, by having the door open and placing it around the house, having a couple of them and putting cat toys in there and maybe some catnip or occasionally some cat food, maybe some cat treats. And you just say the word kennel up or whatever you want to use, get in your crate, whatever it is, go to bed. I don't know come up with some phrase, you just say it every time and you'll find mm -hmm. your cats will want to go in there. They're not going to mind. So once you've done that a lot, make it part of play, part of cuddles, part of fun life. Then when it is time and you need to get them in the cage because you've got to run, they won't mind it at all. So I really suggest that. And the same for dogs, make your dogs like the crate, you know, Absolutely. make it part of life. Absolutely. But if it doesn't work, you need to have that <laughs> plan with the pillowcase. 
Spoken like a true cat trainer. See, dog trainers are used to pretty much 100% success. And cat <laughs> trainers are like, yeah, but if it doesn't work, then do this. And you know what, though? But cats, don't underestimate your cats. They can learn all this. They can learn to, if you're giving your cat little temptation treats and food and cuddles and love and everything for free all the time, like it's just, mm. you know, growing on the floor, like it just grows on the trees here. Nothing's ever required. Life is just bountiful. Then he's He's not going to come when you call him. Right. But if on the other hand, you call him and then give him all those things, he's going to come every time you call him. It's so simple. Cats aren't like deviously mysterious. It's just people don't expect much from them, I find. I think you're right. I think you are absolutely right. But again, in a situation where all of a sudden you're in a panic and right. the, the house is on fire, then sometimes our own Fear and emotions will cause the cat to hide. So just remember that. Know their hiding places. Yes, um, yes. And they'll hide before you. Before you, if you think you're going to give your cat their once a month flea treatment or you're going to give them that, they will hide before you even know. Like you think, where did I leave that? Before you even find the treatment, they're gone. So I know what you mean about that. That's for sure. Gosh. Well, it's funny because as a, a foster mom, I, on Saturdays, we, we would take the, the kittens to the adopt-a-pets and they know, I don't, I don't know how they know. I mean, we must be exuding a pheromone that says run, but uh, I, you know, it, on Saturdays they would, they would hide. So, uh, you know, it's like, I don't want to go to that adopt-a-pet. So anyway, but yeah, you know, just, just be prepared, know how your cat thinks, know his hiding places and um, just be ready, include them in the plan and having uh, up-to-date vaccinations is really, really important because if you should have to go to a shelter and who would have thought that all these people in, in North Texas would have to go to warming stations. Well, unfortunately, a lot of the warming stations didn't take the animals, but in places that do accept them, you have to have those rabies vaccinations. So, and proof. Yeah, proof. And so, I mean, it's, it comes with a little tag and a collar and you lose that. And then a little piece of carbon paper and you lose that. And then you think, well, I'll just call my vet if I ever need it because they'll just send it over. But not in an emergency. So get it together early. Have it right there with your passport, your birth certificate, whatever it is that you're keeping and running with should all be they're together, including your pet's prescriptions and uh, their ID, if they're spayed or neutered, and the rabies especially. But their vaccines, yeah, for sure. Have it all there, ready well, to go. Well, take a picture uh, as yeah, a backup. A take a picture of it in your good phone. Idea. And that way you've always got it. Uh, they they do say keep it in waterproof containers in case you get flooded. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's a really good one because I had a lot of that information in uh, my my front bathroom. It's where I keep my pet medicines. And that entire cabinet is just, it's particle board and it's just mush. And so any paperwork that was in there is gone. So waterproof containers. Yes. Okay. So we're going to go to another break and come back and talk a little more about cats, of course, with Dusty Rainbow. Stay tuned to Animal Party on Pet Life Radio. Molly, here's your dinner. (coughs) Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor 
and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your cat tree tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Hello. We're back on Animal Party on Pet Life Radio with me, Deb Wolf, coming to you from Camp Good Dog, which, you know, you might think, well, that's not very cat friendly. Actually, I have seven cats. All of them rescues, one type or another. And two came from the Abbotsford Airport in this trap, neuter, release kind of rescue situation. And they ended up here. And they will eat anything, Dusty, like anything. You, Someone eats a sandwich and they think there's too much onion in it and they put the onion to the side of the plate. <laughs> These cats are on it. They will eat a scrap of mustard, a bit of tomato. And I think like all these things are not on their approved diet. Why are they not sick? And why do they keep eating all this? When will they get over it and realize that the cat food is good and they don't need to do this anymore? How long will it take? You know, it really depends on the cat. I had uh, one kitty that, oh my God, she she was two months old and less than a pound. So she was a pound underweight. And uh, she never, never got over it. Fortunately, she did not get obese, but she was very protective of her food and, and she wanted to be the first one to eat. And then others figured it out. So, you know, it's, it's an individual situation. Just make sure you feed the other cats away from her so she's feeling less threatened and Oh, these two aren't threatened. They run all over the place. They're, they, 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 <laughs> if anything, they're causing the others to troubles. They threaten our food. We're constantly pushing them off the counter, pushing them out of our way. And it's the human food they're after. That's really what it is. The cat food is left alone. They're after our food. And probably for a while, that was all they got was just the scraps that people threw out for them. Poor babies. But they're certainly in a good place now, aren't they? (laughs) Well, yes, and ruling the roost. Okay, so one of them is very noisy. And I got an email from someone else who has a noisy cat. And she wanted to know why the cat just talks a lot. It'll announce coming in and coming out. It'll announce before it jumps up on something. Uh, She says it often just walks around with its mouth open, making no noise. But it's not aggressive noises. It's all announcement noises. And she's wondering, is that because of the way she calls it? Or is this just this cat? Well, of course, some people are really, really, really talkative and others are very quiet. So like people, cats are individuals. Um, Cats in a normal, say, feral cat situation or wild cat situation, cats don't meow. That's, That's a communication between a queen, a mother cat. And her baby and the baby will meow, you know, mom, I'm hungry, mom, I'm cold or whatever. It's mommy and baby communication. And because the humans have taken the role as the cat's mother, because we kind of made them perpetual kittens, they're talking to us. And then they find out, wow, well, when I talk to them, 
they give me attention. They when I, yeah, so they're, they're training us. So I, if yeah. I talk to them, then they're going to go ahead and give me treats. They're going to feed me. They're going to, you know, so, uh, you know, if, if it's happening at an inconvenient time, just like a human kid, you don't respond and, you know, the behavior will not be as prominent. Well, you know, I, I wonder, like in our case, the noisier of the two kittens and of the seven cats, the noisiest one of all of them is, I can tell, she's emerging as the dominant. Uh-huh. She's one of the youngest, but she's already, when the biggest, fattest, most submissive cat is being picked on, she comes running out of nowhere to her defense. She is on it. She is wow. busy. Yeah, she's, she's like, yeah, she's very, very, well, that cat was very nice to her when she was very small. But she's, um, she's definitely going to be the lead, the, the leader of the pack here. And so I'm wondering if the talking, if being more vocal is part of the confidence sign. I, you know, I can't answer that. I, like I said, every cat's an individual. Sometimes it's genetics. I mean, you know, the, the Siamese are highly talkative, highly conversational cats. Well, yes, but they don't sound like cats. They sound like babies. That is definitely an acquired taste, the Siamese. <laughs> oh, my God. If you can sleep with the sound of a baby crying in another room, then get a Siamese cat. Like, really, they're so compelling. It's like, oh, oh, no, the baby. No, no, that's just the cat. It's okay. I, and and I the cat's fine. The, cat, the cat's just yes, happy. conversation. <laughs> No, not for me. Not for me. Um, Okay, so I have another email. Someone wants to know, and this kind of relates to your book and your request for uh, people to contact you with ghost stories. She thinks her cat sees ghosts. Okay, so the deal is here. Her cat, I emailed back a few times. So she was telling me the cat stares for no reason and, you know, will act like it's prey driven, but there's no prey. And I said, is there a reflection? Is it possibly a moving fan? You know, I went through all the, <laughs> all the things that cats seem to stare at, right? An insect yeah. on the wall, uh, uh, a light being reflected off a window, headlights from traffic. I mean, all these kind of, no, 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 no. There's absolutely nothing. And the cat will just stick, like all of a sudden, just stare at something and remain completely still and act like it's tracking something that's there. Do cats see ghosts is the question. You know, cats have such enhanced senses compared to ours. Their sense of hearing is just, it's, it's so much better than dogs. And they hear different frequencies than we do. So are we hearing a mouse or, or a, a cockroach in the wall? I mean, that's possible. Again, I'm not a mind reader. I'm not a psychic. I can't tell you what animals think, but it's possible, you know, do spirits emit certain frequencies? Do they, is there a scent? Is there, you know, can they feel the energy? Uh, they are just so much more aware than we are that it's, it's entirely possible. But what they're sensing is, of course, the question. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, yeah, who knows? In the horror movies, you know, it's often the dog, right? The dog knows, you know. If the dog doesn't want to go down to the basement, I'm not going down to the basement either because the dog knows that the basement leads to hell in a medieval (laughs) horror. And I saw that when I was very young and that's it for me and basements. Dog doesn't want to go. I don't go. But um, I don't know about cats, though. I don't know if their perception, you know, when you talked about if you're in a panic, your cat will hide. 
Of course, right. of course, yes. And uh, and so in a way, with most dogs, if you're in a panic, your dog will come to you to try and comfort you. In fact, get in your way. You'll be tripping over your dog when you're trying to prepare for something like this. So it's kind of an opposite reaction. But mm-hmm. in both cases, I think what's happening is uh, the human is projecting a really clear mental picture, really clear, focused, and it's projecting, projecting, projecting. And I think dogs and cats are always receiving our mental pictures. But when we project like that, they get it. It's like ding, 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 the fire alarm went off. Mm -hmm. So the dog immediately comes over to you to try and help you. And the cat immediately hides. (laughs) And and you have to get the dog out of your way and the cat and the carrier and, and both are picking up on your vibe of panic, really. Well, and, and you have to remember the, the dog is a predator species as a rule, and the cat is is both predator, but it's also prey. So, you know, the cat is a lot more, oh, well, something's getting ready to eat me. So, you know, that, that gets back to the hiding thing. And yeah, they're very aware. They, they have so such sophisticated senses that I think they see and feel and hear things that we don't. Our senses are just pathetic compared to to dogs and cats. I think you're right about the um, most of the larger dog breeds. But when you look at like a, a four pound little Chihuahua cross or something, I think they they even though in their heart there is some predator there, like with the cat, there's a lot of prey going on. There's a lot of things that want to eat them, and they're very aware that in the scheme of things, even at the dog part, they're really really small. So yeah. I think their life is spent. A lot of the little dogs, when you go, go into a panic, would hide as well or go into alarm barking, which is lovely when you're in an urgent situation, you're in a hurry and you're trying to get calm and collected. You know, nothing like a little barking dog to just <laughs> chasing at your heels. This really improves the situation. So once again, you want to train your little dogs to come. You want to train them to like the crate so you can get the dogs out of the way and the cats out of the way and get everybody safe in an emergency and not be running around yourself like a barking dog trying to catch animals. Well, I'd like to add one thing for, sure. for uh, your listeners that may be in Tornado Alley or in potential wildfire areas. You know, Fortunately, we have really good weather forecasting these days. If you hear that, eh, you know, Wednesday could be severe weather, go ahead and confine your cats. The cats tend to to hide when things start getting scary and the lightning and thunders booming nearby. So go ahead and confine your cats to a room where you can get to them instead of leaving them you know, trusting that you're going to be able to catch them. And if you hear that there's perhaps a wildfire in your area, again, you know, bring the cats in, put them someplace where you can get to them quickly. And we had a situation where we had a small tornado. Uh, I was watching TV and and uh, they were showing the school ground just a couple of blocks from my house and the helicopter was there and they said, oh, we see rotation on the ground at, at Marcus High School. And I'm like, Oh, that's uh, <laughs> that's my that's my neighborhood. That's me. So, yeah. Yes, and and so immediately after that, the the power went out, and it's like, okay, it is totally time to take cover. This is before we got our tornado shelter, but at that time, I couldn't catch but one of the cats. They were all gone. They were all gone. And I mean, if the tornado is four blocks from your house, you don't have time to track everybody down. As it turned out. It took down our flagpole, but our house was fine. But it could have been very different. So now when we start to see that things are 
brewing up, we uh, we can find them. We we have them nearby, and and uh, we have the uh, the pillowcases nearby just in case because again, they're in a panic. Yeah, and so are you, and they're and so are you. Yes, absolutely. And even the best trained cat can will sometimes not respond appropriately when you need them to. So just yeah. be prepared. Uh, hope for the best. Have the carrier training ready to go, but also have that pillowcase just in case. Well, we've been talking to Dusty Rainbow. She just described not being able to wrangle her cats, which is a little <laughs> ironic. It, it she's <laughs> author of The Cat Wrangler but, and many, many other books, including Kittens for Dummies and Ghost Cats. And thank you so much for joining me today, Dusty. It was my pleasure. I'm, I'm glad that I had a chance to, to speak with you and your, your listeners. If they have ghost cat stories, yes. where do they send them? Please send them to DustyCatWriter at Verizon.net. And that's D-U-S-T-Y-C-A-T-W-R-I-T-E-R at Verizon.net. And uh, I look forward to hearing about your ghost dogs and cats and horses. And hey, if you got a gerbil or two, let me know about those too. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks so much, Dusty. And to everyone out there in Texas, I hope your power's back and your houses are restored and your animals are well and you weathered the storm and everyone out there thank you again and from animal party dusty rainbow and me deb wolf be good dear animals let's talk pets every week on demand only on petliferadio.com